It is the Shepherdess at Harmony Farms where we encourage you to think big, start small, and don't quit. Thank you for listening to episode 11 of the Shepherdess podcast. And today is actually live question and answer time from May 2021 Farm on the Web workshop. Now, this is a workshop that I host the fourth Friday of every month. It happens at 8 p.m. Central Time, and it's kind of a marketing and a branding course, followed by some one-on-one live chat interaction. So what you're getting today is the questions that were asked during the last session. The last session actually covered how to not only establish your website, but to get products on it and to begin taking payments from customers. The question and answer time kind of covers a miscellaneous variety of questions, even getting into things like what social platforms might be a best fit for you. So I hope you guys enjoy. Pull something out for yourself that you can use on your farm business and run with it. And if you guys would like to join me for the next Farm on the Web workshop, please visit farmontheweb.com or click on the link in the show notes. Thanks again, guys, and enjoy the episode. Digital commerce was up 40% in 2020 alone. That is more growth in one year than digital commerce saw in the 10 years prior. And there is now more of an opportunity than ever for us to get a cut of that action, essentially. And not only that, but because internet usage is up, people kind of expect for you to have an online presence if you're a business. Um, They're going to immediately Google you. They get your name by word of mouth. They're going to Google the shepherdess at Harmony Farms. And what are they going to find? And through this workshop, I am working to show you how in the best order to create that reliable online presence, which in 2021 is really going to put you ahead if you're looking to farm for business, farm for profit, or really build any kind of online presence, whether it is a business or a personality or a mentorship program, whatever you choose to take these skills and do, because these skills are universal. It's like I said at the beginning of the demo, we're here because we're interested in farming. But if you walk away six months or a year from now and and farming is not the best fit for you, you can still use every last one of these skills to build whatever business you decide to go with. So encouraging you guys in that. I wanted to give a bit of a plug about branding in general. The Oxford Languages Dictionary says branding is the promotion of a particular product or company by means of advertising and distinctive design. The three most common examples of branding are logos, company colors, slogans. And as I'm talking about this all in the context of adding products to your website, As you consider adding products to your website, consider how you can make those products an extension of any existing branding that you have. So, for example, how this is played out on my farm and in my brand, Uh, my farm merchandising is a direct extension of what I'm trying to communicate. My slogan, think big, start small, don't quit. Oh, I even have orange visors at shopshepherdist.com right now. 
Um, but make your make your branding and your merchandising just sort of an extension of that existing um, that existing message that you're communicating, those slogans and so forth. So I want to put that little plug in there about branding because good branding segues into good marketing. When I started my very first business back at 13, a couple of the first things that I did, number one was I chose a brand name. And number two was I went to, it was at that time, it was eBay and I purchased a $200, no, I'm sorry, it was an $80 logo package. And I gave her my company colors. It was pink and green at that time. And she made me a logo. And from there, that gave a 13 year old, those, those two branding things that I did right up front, that gave a 13 year old the opportunity to segue into a really professional appearance in marketing. And so if I could say two things for you guys right now, or three things that I would recommend for you at the very, very onset is determine what your brand name will be, your farm name. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, you can, you can always change it if you find an even more perfect name. Um, but number one, determine what your brand name will be, your farm name will be. Number two, choose a couple of colors that will represent your brand. For me right now, the shepherd is at Harmony Farms. I have three colors. It is black, white, and orange. Um, choose those colors and consistently implement them across all platforms. And then get yourself a logo. Again, you can always change. You don't have to go perfect out of the shoot. But I think what we're aiming for in branding is consistency. Um, if you guys have been here before, you have seen the rule of sevens. You've heard me talk about the rule of sevens and that a customer or a potential client or customer will need to see or be exposed to your brand or product an average of seven times before making that purchase. Seven times. So you want to create seven interactions. And if you can, within those interactions, be consistent with the colors the name, the slogans you're putting forth, you're just going to be building that trust a little bit faster and maybe even hastening yourself to those sales. Yes, Julie. Yeah, Julie, that's a very good example. Julie says, I started with Brinker Family Flowers, but then changed it to Brinker Family Farms after a few weeks of creating YouTube videos and newsletters. And I really like that example, Julie, because it was all about starting for you if i'm reading this comment right you chose something you got yourself running and you made the adjustment after a few weeks of your boots on the ground i think that's a really important important principle there um that's an example for me and if i just draw back to what i'm doing right now with my farm and with my social media and my youtube channel i started out on youtube as harmony farms Dwarpers, or no, Harmony Farms, just Harmony Farms in general. Um, and on YouTube, there's a lot of farm channels. There's a lot of such and such farms, this and that. And as I sort of became a shepherdess and evaluated the scene, the landscape, and realized there was nobody really covering the topic on YouTube, I changed my YouTube channel name and sort of my online branded persona to the shepherdess instead of Harmony Farms. And that was after about three months of working my farm business on the internet. And so I initially got out of the shoot 
I got my boots on the ground. I got running with Harmony Farms. But once I realized that there was an advantage to changing that name, I made the change really quickly and I pushed it really hard. So that, Julie, that I'm glad you brought that up because that is a really big deal. And another plug for the persona thing, if you're building your business locally. So, so for an example, I'm going to be using Harmony Farms. I'm going to be using that probably a little bit more lo lo on a local level. My, my farmer's markets, I'm not going to go and show up as the shepherdess, you know, because nobody's going to care as much there. It may not peak as much attention at my local farmer's market as Harmony Farms will. So thinking of the different contexts that you are going to be marketing in and kind of adjusting for that. But anyways, all that to say, the shepherdess has been a better fit for my online marketing uh, because it really kind of piques people's interest in a persona over just another farm. So if that makes sense. Hi, this is Taylor. My dad wanted to know how you met Joel Salatin. This is really neat. Um, I took a shot in the dark. I was friends with one of his... I think she's a full-time employee at the farm. I made friends with her because our name, our first name and our middle name are exactly the same. And so I saw her Instagram handle and I said, hey, we have the same name. And I noticed you worked at Polyface. So we became friends. From there, I was like, I, I'm starting this podcast and this online YouTube channel. Does Joel Salatin ever do interviews? And she said, well, you could email him. And she gave me the email address of his agent. And so I emailed his agent last January, no, last December. And on Christmas Eve, Joel Salatin himself responded to my email saying, Grace, I'd love to give you a free podcast episode. Now, he doesn't do it for free all the time. I paid for that last one that we just did. Um, but the first one he gave me for free. And from there, we kind of sort of kept in touch by email. And that was kind of that. But it was really exciting. Julie, when I am at the farmer's market, I will be using flowers more than farm. Yes, Julie, interchangeable. That's really, really good. So I want to make that. Um, and so the, the thing about the branding is that you just kind of, uh, I think the most important thing I want to say is just get started. Don't let any particular element be a speed bump in forward movement. Another thing, have you seen brands and businesses that have names that are kind of lame? but their overall efforts are consistent, their product is good, and they do well as a company on whole. Um, Danielle asks, is the house how you optimized SEO? Uh, Danielle, expound on that question just a little bit. The internet marketing house was kind of um, a visual illustration of how you ought to build your business on the internet. I laid it in such a way to where the foundational elements would be really exemplified in a visual way. Newsletter, I believe, is one of the most important things that you can do for your business right away, even before you set up your website, because a newsletter list is one of the only things that you own 100%. Everything else that you build is sort of at the mercy of a third party. For example, I build my newsletter list. I get 100 subscribers. I can download that 100 subscriber list to my computer, print off that list, put it under my bed, and those contacts are 100% mine. When I build a website, I am working into things like what you mentioned here, search engine optimization. 
And while it's not as volatile as a social media platform like Facebook or Instagram, um, the social media optimization does rely a bit on Google favoring you. So it's just, it's just a tiny thing. Um, but there's a bit of volatility in the website that's not there with the newsletter. And so as we build up these different online marketing things that we're going to do, it's just each tier does carry with it a bit of risk as to who you're at the mercy of. And that's why I put newsletter first because newsletter, once you have those contacts, you're really not at the mercy of much. So search engine optimization, I'm going to be talking about in the blogging farm on the web. Um, I've tried to put little plugs. If you go back to the different workshops, I've tried to put plugs for where you ought to put your keywords and how you ought to do a little bit of research. And yes, Danielle, I think it would be a workshop of its own. I'm going to probably put it a little bit towards its, towards the end, but it is a really sort of an important thing to touch on. Okay, another really good question, Danielle, is how do you schedule and create content for your newsletter? So this is a principle called content repurposing. Right now I have, a, I think it's probably six different social platforms that I'm working myself. I'm working these social platforms intensively and I'm, I'm working them all myself. But through this principle called content repurposing, I'm able to make one piece of content spread over those six platforms. So I'm going to give you this process in the context of my newsletter. My newsletter is a monthly culmination of my Instagram and Facebook updates. And that is now that I have Instagram and Facebook. Initially, it was just a once a month update with a picture and about two or three paragraphs. That's a bit much. I, I've never really made it past two paragraphs on my business. And sometimes it was just a picture and one or two lines, just enough to get that person informed about what was happening. Does not have to be much. And in fact, unless you have a newsletter list that is comprised of close family and friends, I would recommend just one very compelling picture with one call to action. Click here to view my latest product. And that is what a lot of my initial newsletters were. Now that I do have, like I said, that Facebook and Instagram that I can draw that content and repurpose that content from, I now use Facebook and Instagram pictures and captions to create longer form newsletters. If you're subscribed to the Harmony Farms newsletter, Danielle, I send out my um, update about the fifth of every month and you'll kind of get an example of this. It'll have a total bringing together of recent videos, recent posts from Instagram and Facebook, as well as um, just some of the articles I put out on the blog. So it's called content repurposing and it really allows you to use what you've created for your individual social platforms in more than one way. And by that, you are making better use of your time and you're getting that rule of sevens in. You're getting those seven interactions from those single pieces of content. Um, another thing I really like to encourage, it's aggressive, but you kind of have to be that way in business and marketing. 
And especially since there is a lot of competition out there, digital commerce grew, but the competition grew with it. So I'm just going to say this up front is get the ball rolling as soon as you possibly can. It may seem premature to launch a newsletter before you even have farm products to sell, but guys, I did it. And now that I'm approaching August, which is when I will have my first livestock sale, almost all of my livestock has been spoken for by people who have been following my journey through my newsletter and through my social platform. So when I am showing you guys these workshops and when I'm telling you to get your business on the internet through these different avenues, it's because it's the course that I have followed and it's going to be, you know, the Lord's mercy, whatever business comes my way. I believe that at the end of the day, that God gives the increase. But with these really aggressive moves to get my business on the internet, to get my farm in front of people by newsletter, by my blog, by my social media channels, by my YouTube channel, by building in that order, I'm coming up toward a place where I am having some of my first farm products available for sale. And almost all of them have been spoken for or waitlisted, really. And the farm products being livestock, my, my lambs that were just born. Um, so I really want to encourage you guys in this because business and marketing is like a snowball. And it does take a while to get the ball rolling. If you are launching your website once your beef is processed and in the freezer or once your broiler chickens are processed and ready to sell, it's too late. You've got to start almost, and like I said, this is going to sound really aggressive, but you almost have to start the minute that that concept enters your head um, because it does take a little while to get the ball rolling. So I'd say it's never, it's never too early to start your newsletter list. And just let's say this, you start your newsletter and you begin with close friends and family and you just begin telling them your goals. Hi, my name is Grace. I have a desire to build on my 30 acres, a sustainable solution to the crisis we saw in 2020. Please be looking for updates on how this unfolds. That's essentially, that could be, you know, insert your name in your situation, but that could be your first newsletter. And it gives people the opportunity to follow your journey. Julie, I don't care for Facebook. Should I try to post on it some? I am losing a lot of traffic. From, am I losing a lot of traffic from not using Facebook? Okay, Julie, I don't use Facebook a lot either. I have a personal account. I find Instagram a much better platform for my time. And YouTube has been tremendous for me as far as getting traffic to my newsletter and my website. Um, Facebook is, you know, you guys can give a thumbs up if you've seen it. Every other post is from somebody you don't follow. It's very disengaging. I do have a page just just to make sure I, I have a presence on every platform. But Julie, I, I'd say maybe put up a business page just so when people Google you, they'll see that business page just to have, you know, like maybe have a wedge on Facebook. But, you know, it works different for different people. But I'm personally not pouring a lot of myself into Facebook. I'm doing a lot on Instagram because my engagement is really high there. I'm doing a ton on YouTube because my engagement is also really high there. So those are my two major growth engines for my newsletter and my online presence. Bart Weber, what is your what is your um, opinion as far as what the major difference is between a farm and a homestead? Okay, this is a good question as well. And this is another kind of funny story that I was uh, talking to Joel Salatin about. In my opinion, a homestead is something that maybe 
my mom did is her garden and some chickens the end it's kind of just a self-sufficiency effort and a farm and what i'm trying to do in building my farm is making it a real business and a real community source beyond family i think if i could just condense it a homestead to me implies family it's providing for one family and it's done a farm to me communicates a vision beyond self-sufficiency so that's my personal opinion i was talking with joel salatin and he's got a new book coming out which i'm very excited to be launch partner for i'm gonna be working with him if everything goes well to promote several copies to my followers but it is a book that addresses polyface infrastructure on a really small scale and he initially had the book titled homestead animal happiness and so i emailed him sort of just teasingly and i said if you name this book polyface micro i think i could sell three times as much as i've committed to and he was like oh okay nice he was really nice about it but i was like sticking my neck out there a little bit and he writes me the next day and he said Grace, I took your polyface micro idea to the team and you win. He said it's going to be polyface micro. So I say that because I told him, I said, we're millennials. And even though we're kind of homesteading in the same fashion as our parents did, we kind of want to feel cool by calling it micro farming. Is there a difference between marketing for a farmer versus marketing for a homesteader? So I guess to me, in, in my perspective, homesteaders don't market because it's just a self-sufficiency thing. And farmers, I'm trying to encourage to treat it like a real business. So marketing for farmers would be just marketing like you would market any business. And then I don't see homesteaders as having a need to market. Danielle, this is encouraging. I'm not a Facebook fan. Yes, Danielle, I never did. Well, I guess I can't say that I did do a lot on Facebook. Now, Facebook has never grown as quickly for me as an Instagram has. Um, but I did have a lot of accounts that I worked for a couple of different brands. And if I'm going to give you guys another uh, behind the scenes, we had um, three different brands. Facebook just one day said, I'm sorry, your page violates our terms and services. And they shut they shut that particular page down. Guys, it was, it was baby clothes. And so now I do do a lot because even though I I don't like Facebook and Instagram, the reality is people are there. You know, I balance I try to balance my interaction on Facebook and Instagram with the growth of my own personal platforms such as newsletter and blogging and my website and so forth. So, I'm always pushing the reality that Facebook is volatile, censorship is real. Um but I am still there because people are still there and you just kind of have to bear with what may be a necessary evil. So Danielle, how do you sell sheep in your store? Do you list them once they are born? How do you set it up for meat versus breeding stock? So yes, this is going to be all of the same. The online shop that I have is going to just list an image of the animal, its tag number, and they're going to come pick it up in person. So what will happen on the website is a deposit on specific animals and then they'll come pick it up in person. The deposit's going to be 100% for me, and that's the way I'm going to work it because of the way the pickup is going to work, and I want to make sure I don't have anybody flaking on 
on these. And then for the meat, so the meat I'm juggling a bit because I've got enough local sales to where I probably won't even have to put them on the website. But when I put it on the website, it'll just be like a product. Like I just showed you how to list with different options, five pounds, 10 pounds. Julie, another question. Should I print my own shirts or pay someone local to do that? I have my shirts printed locally. Buy one at shopshepherdist.com. Think big, start small, don't quit. And I like to support them. For me, it's kind of building into my community in a way. I do have the capacity to do a small scale screen printing here um, because I know how to do screen printing, but it's really difficult to do it myself. And for about $3 each, they do this shirt for me. And that is a good value in my opinion. And that keeps somebody else in business. And that is probably a more professional job than I could do. All right, guys, we are two minutes off. I am so incredibly grateful for your time on this Memorial Day weekend. It was not, I, it snuck up on me. Did, did Memorial Day sneak up on anybody else? I didn't forget the holiday, but I just forgot it was coming so quickly. <laughs> and so I'm probably just going to be spending a lot of time with sheep. Um, but actually, I'm going to be doing a little bit of traveling. This afternoon, I was setting up four days worth of paddocks so that my stand-in shepherd could rotational graze my sheep for me. So that's what I was doing this weekend or this afternoon. But I'm going to leave you guys, going to try to leave you guys with one thing to chew on as we go. All right. So what is the purpose of branding and marketing? A brand is essentially a promise a company makes to its consumers. The purpose of branding and marketing is to establish trust within your consumers and to create loyalty. This is a quotation from creative.com. And I read in this book, Durable Trades here, which is excellent. I'm not making any money off of it, but I would highly recommend this book. But the real product in any business is trust. And all of the different things that we are doing here by creating a logo or using a, a particular set of colors or even just creating a consistent presence it's to build that trust, which is what people ultimately need to have in our brands and our products to make that purchase. So guys, thank you so much for joining me. I enjoyed this so much. I'm going to close it out here and have a great weekend, guys. For more content surrounding regenerative farming, please visit www.harmonyfarms.blog.